So when we apply mindfulness in the legal workplace, there's lots of benefits. And I just, we just want to lay them out just again to enhance your, your um, already developing motivation. Number one, stress reduction. And um, like Lori said, it's like, it's vital, right? To really think about our well-being so that it's not really optional, it's really critical, including resiliency, right? So when we're resilient, we're able to navigate stress. And one of the things that's really important, you know, we know that stress, the outside or the external stress doesn't necessarily ever go down, but our capacity to meet the stress improves. So when we say stress reduction, it's really about our capacity to meet the stress um, rather than hoping that things get better, right? Because for many of us, you know, we don't have that control. Improving focus, cognitive skills, and innovation. I see many attorneys um, at Lawyers Concern for Lawyers, and one of the most common reasons people come to see us is because they're having trouble concentrating, um, having difficulty focusing, having difficulty with time management. So mindfulness is often one of the ways that we can strengthen that. Preventing errors and unethical uh, violations, uh, ethical violations, we're gonna talk about that in a moment. Reducing unconscious bias. Um, so we're much more aware of the impact of what we're saying, how we're feeling, and how someone else might be feeling. Mindful listening, speaking and relationship building, how to actually meet and have meetings that are more productive. And then this leadership presence. How do we, if you're a leader, um, how do we uh, become more effective in how we are managing the, the staff and conducting ourselves? So lots um, and lots. Yeah. Sorry, Tracy. Yeah, I just wanted to jump in quick because I think the, the mindful meeting practice is um, it, it's a nice opportunity to think about putting this mind, the mindfulness practice into practice. Right. I mean, we're in meetings every week, if not every day. And there are so many opportunities to to look around the, the virtual room or the actual room to take in who's there to watch the clock, to watch our tone to think about the opportunities that we're giving others to to share the microphone so to speak um and and i think that that concept of mindful meeting practice is a is a real nice entryway or invitation into bringing what we're learning here into our workplace and sharing it with others because i know i've been in the situation where i've not been mindful in a in a meeting and i've talked for too long or I haven't watched the clock and I let the meeting run long. And so there's just so many different ways to, to, to bring this practice. And I think meetings is a really good example of that. Yeah. Cause that's where we often feel so much stress, right? So that, you know, and when we have interpersonal relationships with people, that's a real heightened, you know, state for many of us. So that, that's a really good um, suggestion. And we're going to talk a little bit about at the end, especially about how to incorporate it in daily life and, um, you know, and talk about it from a panel perspective where we can integrate it in the workplace. All right, so if we haven't already sold you on this <laughs> idea of mindfulness, um, we're gonna talk a little bit about that now. So the studies um, around attorneys struggling with mental health issues um, have continued to expand. Um, and in Massachusetts, we're gonna have another um, uh, report coming out shortly, and the, the data is pretty um, grim around lawyer well-being that 
Um, lawyers are continuing to have very high levels of stress. So the, the uh, 2016 report was really kind of a big um, big deal in, in the legal profession. Many of you are probably aware of this Hazleton study showing lots of depression, about 28% of lawyers with depression, um, and much higher than the regular population, and also a lot of problem drinking. The data has gotten worse, unfortunately, um, and we're seeing even higher levels, close to 50 and 60% of attorneys reporting anxiety and depression at a clinically significant level, which means it's interfering with daily life functioning. And we're seeing problem drinking, especially in our, in our female population. COVID, work-life balance, returning to work in this kind of hybrid or remote or kind of you know back and forth has really created a significant challenge in the mental health of, of attorneys. And you know, even the attorneys that don't have actual mental health issues, it doesn't mean that they're thriving or flourishing, right? And so, you know, when I'm meeting again one-on-one -on -one with, with clients, they'll often say, no, I don't have depression or anxiety, but when they share, I'm not sleeping well at night, I'm having trouble with my boss, I'm having nightmares, I'm waking up in the night, replaying a call I had, we recognize that people actually are struggling more than even we recognize in ourselves. This is a little bit more of the grim part of the presentation, just talking about, again, you know, the, the challenges, particularly for women, um, work family conflict, mental health. This is in 21, so this is like during early pandemic year, um, a lot of substance use challenges. And then, you know, the other piece to really think about is contemplation of leaving the profession. Um, the, the new data that's going to be coming out talks about how a healthy work environment played a huge role in people's job satisfaction. So the work environment matters significantly. And so Bernardo is talking about like a meeting place or places where people are gathered makes a big difference in terms of whether people feel supported and more satisfied or unsupported, dissatisfied and wanting to leave the profession, right? So the well-being is really important for the individual, but also for the workplace. So Lawyers, and if you look at the data, so again, going back to these high levels, and let's assume now, let's say about 50%, you know, right around between 40 and 60% people um, are struggling with depression and anxiety in the, in the attorney profession right now. Why is that so? Why is this group particularly even more vulnerable than other professions? So if we think about the brain again, and what's happening on the brain on a regular basis, Lawyers think about, right, there's this what we call negativity bias. We're drawn toward looking for what is negative so that, you know, we can we can spot a problem and then try to plan ahead or look for a weakness to, to in, you know, to win a case, for example, looking at fault. Right. So there is already the, the mind is pumped or primed to look for that in someone else. Um, rumination about negative outcomes, you know, and this isn't just for lawyers, of course, but lawyers are always thinking about, well, what could go wrong? What If this happens, then this could happen. The amount of conflict during your day, and think about every time you have a conflictual interaction with someone, you're having a little chemical reaction in the brain, a stress response. And so if your day has 50 stressful interactions, you've just had a little bit of cortisol enter your nervous system 50 times. And over time, we don't even notice it, but our nervous system does, right? 
If we're around people that are highly stressed, that also creates stress in us. We have something called mirror neurons as humans, where we are wired to feel other people's emotions. So when we do our role play later, you may see some evidence of that um, when someone is aggravated, stressed, angry, and we feel it inside of us, even if we don't, you know, take it personally. Um, so also attorneys, of course, are always trying to juggle lots of work, a lot of concentration, deadlines. And so again, think about what's, what's happening in the brain during those really high volume times. And then also you're put down, objected to, overruled, denied, sometimes harassed, judged, and not treated respectfully, which again, that all causes distress in our nervous system. Thinking like a lawyer is a good thing, of course, it's a foundation for what you all do. And, but the idea that that lawyer mind with all of those challenges and the network patterns that have developed, it can be really hard to be optimistic to be able to let go and relax, to feel compassion towards self and other, right? Because again, it's a different network of the brain that if it isn't trained up, it's it just doesn't feel very natural, especially for people that have been practicing for a while. 